Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet until I say otherwise. This is episode 121, and today we are jumping into r slash nuclear revenge. Now, if you like the show and want to support us or just want to get your hands on some extra exclusive episodes, check out our Patreon. There's bonus episodes over there, and it's a big help to us. But without further ado, take a second to grab your tea, grab your popcorn, and let's jump right in. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so glad you could join me. Our first story is from Why Do You Read Names? Ruined a marriage and my family for revenge. I've always been the black sheep of the family. Cousins grew up to be doctors, professors, creatives, and whatever else. Meanwhile, I've managed to just make a humble, stable, passive income through some business decisions. Nothing fancy, but I can afford a one-bedroom in New York City and live comfortably with that and a part-time job in a cafe. Everyone in the family, including my own parents, judge me harshly for not pushing myself to do what my cousins do. Especially my one cousin we will call Randy. Think stereotypical dude bro who got rich thanks to working for his dad. Multiply that by 10 and you got Randy. Anyway, he always gave me the most shit and eventually I just turned them out because I get to enjoy my life with my significant other, work part-time and still afford what I want. So to cut the bullshit short, Randy has a wife and two kids. He also has a mistress. I found this out because one day when I was walking through the city, I saw him walking down the street with a woman who clearly wasn't his wife with their arms around each other. I checked Facebook and saw he had indeed posted about visiting a bagel shop in the city while on a business trip that morning. So we head indeed into the city. So I decide... Fuck it. Let me see how this plays out. I follow them for five hours, snapped several photos, one of them going into a hotel together. I held on to these and waited until Christmas that year, about six months later. I decide to unceremoniously drop printed photos in front of everyone at the table before dinner and made sure his wife got to see them. Cue screaming and fighting. 
I actually got a black eye out of it. It was Randy's dad who did it, though, not him. Cue police. A lot of questioning. My significant other and I getting kicked out. And we headed back home after talking to the cops one last time. The aftermath? Well... Besides Randy's wife and another cousin who hates Randy, my family cut me off entirely for several years. Ah, whatever. Even my parents had always expressed disappointment in me for not applying myself fully, so no real loss there. Randy got divorced, lost custody of the kids after threatening his ex. Family occasionally tries to guilt me into apologizing, but my response is some variation of not going to apologize for outing a cheating cunt and I'm promptly blocked for another few months. My SO and Randy's ex-wife are good friends and the kids call me uncle. Nice having a family who actually loves me unconditionally for once. Significant other and I got married, and that's when my family last tried to get into contact with me, and were actually nice for once. Seeing me moving on, I guess, eats at them, I don't know. Maybe realizing their punching bag is gone for good. That's it, really. Living my best life now, with a good family, as opposed to a shit one. The only way I think that could be better is if instead of putting down all of the photos on the table, you print it on the plate underneath the cake, and that every time someone takes a slice of the cake, it reveals slightly more of the big photo in the middle of the table. And yes, I do consider myself an evil genius. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Our next one is Poco the Fox. Make me quit? Get reported for your illegal company practices. In all honesty, this account is mostly a throwaway to distance myself from my main account where I still talk to people in the area that this happened. On one hand, given the time that's passed since this particular revenge happened, I could probably get away with it. But on the other hand there's a chance this could come back and bite me. It's not that I did anything illegal, but many may argue it was morally wrong at the time, and I probably could have handled the situation a whole hell of a lot better. So, on to the story. At one point in my life, I found myself bored. I needed spending cash, But at the same time, like any typical college student, I needed a job that would work around my class hours. Enter C-Corp. Not the real name, obviously. C-Corp was a locally owned chain of gas stations in the southeastern part of Georgia and parts of Florida. I forget the total number of stations, but it was under 50, if that matters. I applied and was given a simple clerking position where I would work weekends and two nights a week for a total of about 32 hours a week on average, sometimes more, sometimes less. I worked there for about a year when I was offered a position to help reopen a store, renovated after a fire, with the promotion to assistant manager. My hours were going to obviously change, but by the same token, I gained better pay and a new day shift which would help things out. 
To be quite honest, I even debated taking some time off school to concentrate on the job, as it was entirely possible I would have been promoted to manager of my own store before long. There were veiled hints and suggestions of that very thing happening in a few months, as it were. I never got that far, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. It didn't take long for me to start noticing some issues with the store and the company as a whole. Issues which I did my level best to correct. We were nearing hunting season, turkey and then deer, and in an effort to cater to this, the store started getting in several pallets of ammunition. So now we had to figure out how to display the various types of shotgun shells and rifle bullets, while also doing our level best to ensure things didn't get in the way. It was around this time that I found myself speaking with the store manager, having been called on the carpet, as the saying goes, for refusing to sell ammunition to a customer. I explained to the manager that I had attempted to check ID on the customer who refused to give it. So I told the manager that I knew full well this was illegal, as ID was required by state law and furthermore you had to be 18 to buy them. That started me on the path that would lead to my termination a few weeks later. I started noticing company memos popping up in the office, all that dealt with company practices regarding ammunition. One even went so far as to say it was a terminable offence to refuse the sale of shotgun shells to a customer, regardless of age. That one actually vanished a few days after it went up, with me suspecting someone in the legal department realised the trouble they could get into with it. However, the flow of ammo didn't stop. A week before my termination, things got worse. The state in question has the lottery, of which the lion's share is scratch-off tickets. You know the type, pay a buck, scratch off and hope you win something. Now, the lottery states on the back of every single ticket that the retailer who sold it must pay up to $599 in winnings, Anything above that has to be claimed at the central lottery office in the state's capital. Retailers are warned that should they refuse to pay this, there are instructions on how to do this with money order, then they can be fined by the lottery commission, or worse. Imagine my surprise, then, when I'm written up for following the lottery commission policy and paying out on a $300 win for a customer. I was told, point blank, that the company policy was not to pay out anything over $100, regardless of what the Lottery Commission said. The final straw before my eventual termination, though honestly I quit, they still listed me as terminated, came when training another cashier. The very next day, the count came up short by exactly $100. I refused to sign the write-up, which meant the company would have to investigate it, or so I thought. Same day, the district manager calls the store and made some veiled threats about calling the police over this and left me with the note that if the count comes up $100 over today, he won't say anything. Oh, hell no, he didn't. I waited till the manager returned from her meeting, dropped all my keys on the counter and told her directly, I'm done. I walked out and didn't really look back. I was pissed, pissed at the treatment I had been given over my time working there, pissed at being called a thief, pissed at what I knew the company was doing to my little community, and pissed that as far as I could tell, they'd get away with it. That's when I hatched a plan of revenge. 
First and foremost, I needed to talk with a friend. One of my college buddies also worked for the county sheriff office. So I plied him over with some good barbecue and a few beers and then asked him some hypothetically speaking what would happen to a company if it was found out they were doing something illegal i don't know like um selling ammunition when they shouldn't be or you know something like that he knew i'd recently left c corp and the circumstances of why i'd left so it didn't take long for him to ask just what was going on so i spilled the beans even including the reported theft i had been accused of he was now on the edge of his seat, even going so far as to note that the district manager's actions itself was illegal, and told me to come meet with my friend's boss the next day to give a statement. So I did just that. I laid out everything, told him about the memo about not refusing sales against state law, and then gave detailed information about the DM's call the incident itself, and other things I had witnessed regarding illegal practices by the company, though not mentioned here. It took the better part of four hours to get everything told and typed out. By the way the detective acted, I got the impression I had either given him one hell of a caseload or broken some case right open. Fun fun. However, I wasn't really done yet. I had to make one more call. That one would prove pretty simple and short and involved me calling the Lottery Commission and telling them about the company's policy which went against the lottery agreement. I was assured they would look into things and that my information would be kept secret. I just had to sit back and wait. The Fallout Two or three weeks later, our local paper ran a story on the front page talking about a multiple department sting that happened in our area. The sting was investigating illegal sales of weapons, alcohol and ammunition to minors. In that raid, C Corp had been hit hard, with several of their stores being shut and several managers and district managers being arrested on various charges tied to this illegal activity. The company itself was facing severe, and we're talking in the seven-figure range, fines from the state, and it was being called into question whether or not they had the proper license to sell ammunition and firearms in the first place. The only mention about what the DM said to me came in the form of one of the investigating officers noting that the company had resorted to blackmail in an attempt to silence anyone who dared question the company policies or practices. The store did remain open, but you could tell that the managers were seriously nervous about what the future held. Sales of ammunition and guns stopped completely and overnight, though. About a week after the raid by the police, lottery tickets of all kinds simply vanished from the stores. Big signs out front simply read, We do not sell lotto. The validation machines were gone. The scratch-off ticket areas lay empty. Lottery was not in the building. I can only guess what happened in that case, but I wouldn't be surprised if the lottery commission sent people in with winning tickets only to have those people turned away. The fact that they lost their lottery sales would point to it being a serious issue at the very least. That or the Lottery Commission decided to distance themselves from the company which was already under federal investigation. Ah, yes, 
The ammunition and guns thing? Yeah, that went federal. Ultimately, the company was a shell of its former self. About half the gas stations ended up closing due to no longer being profitable, and what stations didn't close were just shells of their former selves. The company eventually declared bankruptcy after a final scandal brought them another round of state and federal fines. In that case, they were busted for price gouging after raising the gas price per gallon to about $6 a gallon in cities where they had no other competition. This happening just prior to a pending tropical storm. Today. It's been close to, what, 15 years since this all went down? C-Corp doesn't exist any longer. After declaring bankruptcy, most of the stores were sold off to a competitor who ended up closing all but five or six of the stores due to redundancies. A whole host of, honestly, innocent people ended up out of work simply because the store decided to fuck over one guy who wanted to do the right thing by the law and state policies. Several of the corporate staff were given two- and three-year suspended sentences, while others ended up paying personal fines on top of what the company was facing. The company has become something of a warning to others about what not to do when an employee voices a concern, and above and beyond that, why it's a good idea to follow the letter of the law exactly as it's written, regardless of if it hinders your bottom line or not. I sometimes think back on the whole affair and wonder just what they hoped to achieve with that blackmail attempt. Some part of me thinks that the DM honestly thought it was the best option, and may have even been trying to help out an employee he liked. That was something that always bugs me looking back. Every interaction I had with the guy was a good one. Right up to him grooming me to be another store manager. So maybe he was trying to protect me. Then again, he could have just been the arsehole I assumed, and that was just him showing his true colours. I guess we'll never know. He moved out of the area a few years later, and I'm sure as hell wasn't about to talk to him again. Not after everything that happened. So, that's my story. How I destroyed an entire gas station chain. Alrighty then, folks, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that one. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. Make sure you're following along because we're dropping two episodes a week and a bonus episode on our Patreon every week. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. Until next time, peace out. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. (laughs) 
Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.